My subject this morning is our Christian identity. There is so much talk today about one's identity, especially determining what is one's true foundational identity or trait. Some declare their true identity is their nationality. Some make the declaration that their true identity goes into a perception or their own definition of a sexual orientation. Some declare that their true identity is one's ethnicity. Some will declare, others will say, that their identity is their level of intelligence or achieved academic status. Some will claim their work ethic, although it might be a good one. That's their identity. And others will proclaim that their political leanings, that's how they identify. That's their identity. And I stop there with the list because it can be exhausting to try to wade through all of the various categories. And yet, for some, their identity is not a particular label or category but it's wrapped up not in an achievement that some can proudly declare, but it's wrapped up, sadly, in a mistake. I was once a drug addict and lost my family. I was once an alcoholic. I lost my job. In a low point in my life, I left my children. I betrayed someone. I abused someone. I lied to people. I've not been a good husband or wife. I'm divorced, I'm abandoned. And the list of mistakes, unfortunately, goes on as well. But today I want to tell you that there is one place where your identity rests. One basic, foundational, true identity that is true for everyone. No matter what you've been through in life, no matter what has happened to you in life, and no matter what you've done in life. Genesis chapter 1. I'll begin reading in verse number 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him, male and female, He created them. If people are looking for an identity today, here it is. You were created in the image of Almighty God. That is a wonderful thing. Now, it's not something you and I can brag about because it's nothing you had anything to do with. You had nothing to do with being created in the image of Almighty God. God decided to create you and me and decided to create you and me in his image, in his likeness. And bringing this into the New Testament, if you've given your heart to Jesus, if you're a Christian here today, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then that is your identity. I've often had an issue with identifying as Hispanic American. Because I've never been fond of hyphenated labels. And when people would say, are you Hispanic American? I would simply reply, no, I'm an American. And I would just leave the period right there. 
Because most often in my thinking and in my mind, many of the labels that we use to hyphenate things create division or separation. And the same goes, unfortunately, for being a Christian. I am a Christian, period. What else are you? Whatever else I am doesn't matter. I am a Christian. Elizabeth Elliot, the noted missionary from long ago, once wrote, the fact that I am a woman doesn't make me a different kind of Christian. The fact that I'm a Christian makes me a different kind of woman. Wise words. Being a Christian, being devoted to Jesus, having him as my Lord and Savior informs and shapes and guides everything else about me. I am a Christian first. I am not a man first. I am not an American first. I am not Hispanic first. I am not a husband first. I am not a father first. I am a Christian first and foremost. That is where my identity begins, and honestly, that's where it ends. I am a believer in Jesus. I hear so many people will qualify their identity, even as Christians, and they'll lament, especially during difficult moments that require choices and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm hot-headed. Hmm. Or when trying to make a decision about a path to go forward and whether to support someone in something, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm also a mother or I'm also a father. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I've been abused and I have trust issues. I'm a Christian, but <laughs> you have to understand, I'm also Italian. And that color is how I see the world. You can insert any ethnicity or ethnic group you want there. But sorry, nothing, absolutely nothing, colors more how I feel about the world than the fact that Jesus died and paid the price for my sins and for your sins. You don't have to be ever identified by your mistakes. You don't have to be ever identified by your past issues or past relationships or anything that happened yesterday because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he has a bright and promising future. Today, you are his child. When you come to Jesus, you can proclaim as your greatest overarching truth what Paul told the church at Rome in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You no longer belong to the past. You no longer belong to poor choices of yesterday. But pastor, you don't understand the choices that were made. They're pretty bad. But then you don't understand, friend, the God that we serve, he's pretty good. He's amazing. You no longer are chained to your own mistake or the mistakes of others. Second Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse number 20. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us. 
Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So when you want to identify yourself, let's start with the basic truth. You are a Christian. Some want to ground their identity in specific talents or skills that they develop over time. I'm an excellent cook. Well, I'm not, but you get the idea. I can sing really well. I can preach the gospel really well. Our talents, our abilities are not our identity. Hiding behind the cross and Jesus' blood, that's what defines me. Now, these things can be part of who we are, but we need to see the awesome and tremendous value we have in God, even if none of those things were true. I would still be precious in God's sight, no matter if every talent that has ever been perceived in me were gone. You see, if you define yourself by your job, what happens when the job's not there? What happens when you get laid off? If you define yourself by your marriage, what happens when it ends? Either naturally or through an unfortunate situation. If you define yourself by your parenting of children, what happens when they're no longer children and no longer around? If you define yourself by many of these things, what happens when they're not there anymore? But that's the beauty. Jesus will always be there. He will always be there for you. Now these categories and labels, they're fine. But the reality is, and let's just speak plainly today, every one of them is limited. People of God, the truth about our core identity is something more glorious, much more rich, and more soul-satisfying than any label or any role we could ever fulfill. You were made in the image of Almighty God. So were the people who completely annoy you. They were made in the image of Almighty God. Now, we would love to be able to say of the people who annoy us, yeah, they were made in the image, but kind of a lesser image. They were made in the same mold, but by the time they got to them, the mold cracked a little bit. They were made in the image of Almighty God. They are image bearers, just like you and I are. And as image bearers, we are called, we were created to show forth the glory of his power. That's why nothing else will satisfy. People turn to everything else to find satisfaction in life. They turn to many different relationships and many different types of roles. But the only one that will satisfy truly deep within our hearts today is understanding your true identity. I was created in the image of almighty God. Some people spend so much time, money, and energy trying to find themselves. Well, I can save them time, money, and energy. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 25 says, And whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It can be counterintuitive. If you want to find out who you really are, lose your life 
in Jesus. Hide your all in Jesus. If you want to know your deepest self, give your all to the one who created you. If you want to spend your whole life on wasted efforts of self-discovery, try and find yourself in your own abilities and own characteristics. It's not going to lead you to a satisfying place. But to know the true you, give yourself to the one and only true God. And his name is Jesus. As Paul desired in Philippians chapter 3, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. My identity is in knowing Jesus and knowing him more. My identity is in seeking Jesus and seeking him more. My identity is following Jesus and following him more. My identity is being his child. You're a child of God. Who are you calling a child pastor? I'm, I'm a grown adult. No, you're a kid. You're a kid. You're God's child. Now, some will say, in an effort to bring people together, that we're all God's children. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the Bible is clear. You are God's child, his beloved child. Now, it's become popular. Well, we're all God's children. Everyone on the face of the earth is God's child. Now, some are going to get upset with me. And too bad. But no, we are not all God's children. We may all be God's creation, but we are not all God's children. Because to become God's child, something else is needed for that relationship. John chapter 1, beginning in verse number 12. But as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but of the will of man, but, the, but of God. If you want to be a child of God, that requires a relationship with God. And you have to come to Jesus. But I don't want to come to Jesus. Well, that's your call. You can do whatever you'd like. But that doesn't change the definitions and how they're defined. And that's the beauty of it. When you come to him, you're his child, you can truly know, perhaps for the first time in your life, rest. Rest. I don't have to work at being his child. He has declared me his child through Jesus Christ. I don't have to work at making him happy because he's always happy with his children may not be thrilled with the things we do and the choices we say and the words we speak, but he's always happy with me. I don't have to wonder if he loves me because we are loved with an everlasting love. There is so much anxiety in our world today, so much fear, and people that label things caution, 
Trouble is everywhere. How can we make it through a single day? Gee, I wonder if there's a scripture that talks about giving our cares to somebody else. Oh, wait, there is. 1 Peter chapter 5. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting your cares upon him because he cares for you. And when we cast our cares upon him, he gives us something in return. Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse number 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Pastor, it just seems my burden lately is so heavy. Then give it up. But I can't give it up. I got things to do. Well, there are two choices you have. You carry your burden or let Jesus carry your burden. I'm going to declare that I'm going to be in the Jesus camp. (laughs) Because, first of all, he can carry a whole lot more than I can. And by carrying your burdens, you're basically saying you want to deal with them. And I'm always of the opinion that when you're dealing with a difficult situation, find the best person qualified to deal with it. And Jesus is imminently more qualified than any one of us. You are God's child. So many labels can get us so tied. We pour our hearts into our children. And if something goes wrong, then we feel like, as a person, we have completely failed. I've been to way too many funerals of teenagers or young adults who have decided on their own that life wasn't worth hanging hanging around for. And to look at the parents... The question is, where did I go wrong? Where did I fail? And it's heartbreaking. But your identity is not in your kids. And it's difficult to say that because we put so much time and so much energy. But God doesn't just see you as a mom or as a dad or as a worker or as this or that. He sees you as his, his child. His creation, his son, his daughter, that's what you are to Jesus. And he wants his children to rest. I don't have time to rest. Yeah, you do. But I got things to do. I I, I rest. For the guys, it can be our jobs. I remember clearly walking into work the Tuesday after Labor Day back in 2010. Saw nothing coming. No idea what was happening. I sat at my desk and began my day. And my manager called me into his office. I figured he had a new project he wanted me to deal with. And in his office was someone from HR, and that's when I was told that today was my last day after being there almost seven years. I didn't know what to say. 
I sat it, went back to my desk after they gave me what my severance package would be and kind of just sat there, stunned, didn't know what to do. It's so easy in moments like that to think that I'm a failure, that I'm of no value, that I have no worth. But the fact that my employer decided not to keep me as an employee didn't change the fact that I was still saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit by an almighty God who loves me no matter what. That's my identity. It's in Jesus. When we have that as our identity, then facing life's issues take on a different perspective. They really do. That doesn't mean they're still not going to hurt. Of course they are. But they're not going to attack my core. I've told the story. It took months for me to find a job. And I said, Lord, I need a job. I'll do anything, anywhere. Be careful when you say that. Because the God, the God that we serve honored my prayer. He gave me a job that provided for my family in Wisconsin. Okay, Lord, can we talk about this? So I packed up and went to Wisconsin in January. It's cold. It's really cold. And I was there for six months. And they were good people there. And right down the street from my apartment in Wisconsin was an amazing church that let me just be an attender for six months. I'll never forget. I would go to the midweek Bible study and just kind of laid back and stayed quiet for months. But as the months went on and the pastor would ask questions during the study, I began to answer a few. And every time I answered the questions, he would look at me. Hmm. So he asked me after a couple of weeks of that, let's go have lunch together. And we're having lunch, and he just turns to me and says, what's up with you? I go, what do you mean? You don't answer the questions like everybody else does. I go, what do you mean? You know stuff. (laughs) Sorry? I didn't know what to say. And then I let him know, yes, I'm also a minister. I've pastored and I've traveled as a missionary. And and he asked, why was I hiding? I wasn't hiding. I was just resting. Just resting. And so he did the first thing any loving, caring pastor who heard from somebody that they wanted to rest would do. The next Wednesday, I was the one teaching the Bible study. (laughs) Should have never taken that meal. (laughs) But I was still far away from my family. And so I said, Lord, this can't happen. I need another job. And Lord, I don't hear your call to Wisconsin. (laughs) So uh, Lord, find me another job, please. Let me give you some advice. Be specific. Because he found me another job within a couple of weeks. And so on July 3rd of 2011, I started that brand new job in San Antonio, Texas. It wasn't cold anymore. 
It was very hot. I went from minus 15 in January to 115 in San Antonio. And as I'm driving into the city limits of San Antonio, I had the radio on for the weather report, and they're saying, it's the hottest summer on record. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I was there three months. God was with me every step of the way. That's my identity. But I didn't, as much as I love Tex-Mex food, I was not looking to relocate to Texas. But I was specific this time. Lord, I need a job on Long Island <laughs> with my family so I can live at home. And weeks later, I had one. God is good. Church, God is good. And so I drove, I packed up my car, which had nine months had been all kinds of stuff in it, and drove home and got an hour out of, of Houston to get a call that my dad had died. We all go through stuff, but that's not the core of who we are. We can always turn to Jesus because that's who we are, his kids his children and in him even in the midst of all kinds of circumstances you and I can find rest you and I can find hope you and I can find peace even in the midst of living in a town that experienced what Buffalo New York experienced yesterday we can still find the peace of God and that's why it says it's a peace that passes all human understanding it's a peace that won't make sense to anyone. Will you still hurt? Yeah, you will. It bothered me that I couldn't just hop on a plane to Puerto Rico and be with my family and be there for my dad's funeral. But God was there for me. Church, you are God's child. You were created in his image. That's your highest identity. It's not your parental role. It's not your gender. It's not the color of your skin. It's not how you voted. It's the, it's the decision you made to serve Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's your greatest identity. So much identity nonsense goes on in our culture today. Bottom line, you were created by God. So that's the first part. You're God's creation. Now, you get to become, make a choice to become God's child. Obviously, I didn't hear a call to Texas either, so I'm here. Wherever you are today, whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, remember, you're a child of God. You're a son or daughter of a king. That makes you a prince or princess. That doesn't mean you get to look down on people. But you are special in God's sight. You were created in his image. Stand with me, please. <laughs>